We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the latest batch of preseason positional rankings are out courtesy of ESPN. And where Lamar Jackson falls inside the top 10, it garnered plenty of reaction. Yeah, Sarah, there was that. And also a hilarious response from Rashad Bateman interacting with a playful Twitter troll online. Not to mention another huge compliment handed out to rookie Zay Flowers. I'm Sarah Ellison with Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday, July 18th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So now that the 2023 franchise tag deadline has come and gone, we're going to take a look at the drama filled day that Monday was for the running back market, including some Twitter activity from J.K. Dobbins. Plus, former Raven and current free agent Yannick Ngakwe. He has a message for the league as he remains unsigned and also Deshaun Jackson. He says not so fast. Yeah, we have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, partner, off the top here, we're going to begin with the latest batch, as we mentioned, of positional rankings entering the 2023 season. Again, this is essentially conducted by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, where he went ahead and surveyed league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. And this time, he's ranking the top quarterbacks heading into the season. So you know this is getting a ton of run right now as we get ready for training camp. And some of it probably deservingly so, because I think a lot of it can be argued. The top 10 QB rankings are as follows. Again, this is according to the folks that Jeremy spoke to throughout the league. One, Patrick Mahomes. Two, Joe Burrow. Three, Josh Allen. Four, Aaron Rodgers. Five, Justin Herbert. Six, Jalen Hurts. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Eight, Trevor Lawrence. Nine, Dak Prescott. And 10, Matthew Stafford. Right off the bat, I know we both believe that Lamar deserves to be in the top five. I think he's right at that five mark in front of the likes of Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. I'm okay with the top four, but I think Lamar deserves to be right at five. For whatever reason, there's this obsession about Justin Herbert, who's yet to play in a playoff game. And again, this is never, I hate that. What I hate about ranking, Sarah, is when you start to argue, and I think some folks are quick to, to think that, you know, you're incredibly critical of a certain player. And in this case, it's Justin Herbert. It's really, that's really not the case whatsoever. I think he's a freak. 
he can be really, really special. Like this guy does it all. He's mobile. He's got a rocket of an arm. He's accurate as heck. Right. And, and he's just quite frankly, he's special, but his resume, I don't know what it is about his resume that for whatever reason, lofts him above Lamar in a lot of these rankings and a lot of these national conversations. So, uh, no disrespect whatsoever to Jalen Hurts. He's coming off the year of his life. Um, you know, thanks to Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia front office, they certainly get getting that deal across the finish line. Jalen's contract extension helped kickstart or reinitiate conversations between Lamar and the Ravens front office. So that had a massive trickle down effect earlier this offseason. And Jalen can be really special for Philadelphia as well. But Lamar has been doing it for longer than both of those guys. He has a unanimous MVP under his belt. And I think what, what, what has become a theme of the last few episodes, because he's been unavailable down the stretch, back-to-back seasons, he's being overlooked in lists like these. Where do you stand? Yeah, well, I, I first of all don't think this is a terrible ranking for Lamar Jackson. I think, it, you know, you could argue it up a few spots for sure. And maybe some people outside of Baltimore would argue him down a few spots. I think after two years in a row where you're coming off injuries, where you didn't get to finish the season, that's just, we had talked about it um, in a previous vault where Ronnie Stanley has just been forgotten, right? Where he wasn't even in the honorable mentions, let alone not in the top 10. And we both know what, what he can do, but I think people just forget about it. Because this is a league where it's like, you know, it's not for not for long. What have you done for me lately? And so I actually think last year Lamar wasn't in the top 10. So I think the fact that he got back into the top 10, I think shows that these guys are like, holy moly, look at the effect Lamar Jackson has, right? When he is in the, look at what who the Ravens are with him and look at who they are without him. Without him, they dropped from number one in the seed or number one in the AFC to out of the playoffs in 2021 and 22, they go from number three in the AFC to barely making the playoffs and then getting knocked out in the first round. So I think they're showing respect for that. And, and the fact that he hasn't been forgotten, I think is a good thing, but I completely agree with the Justin Herbert affair. Again, I'm not trying to knock him, but it's just hilarious to me how much love they give him when I just don't feel like he's he's done much. So I think you could easily take Herbert out of five and put him at number eight, which if you then just move Jalen Hurts and Lamar up and that puts Lamar at six, I'd feel more comfortable with that. And then, yeah, I think you could argue with him and Hurts. I mean, they both just got paid essentially the same amount of money. So I think five or six is fair, but seven, not terrible. Well, one guy right. on this list, Sarah, that I feel like could potentially skyrocket this year is Trevor Lawrence. Well, uh, everybody has a chance to skyrocket. Heck, yeah. if, if Lamar and, and Todd Munkin end up, uh, you know, collaborating well, then he could be, you know, a top three at, at, you know, this time next year. But to me, especially the fits that he gave the Ravens on the road in Jacksonville last year, Trevor Lawrence, this guy is special. And the Jaguars are going to be a problem. People forget that because he was suspended from that gambling, you know, the gambling suspension last year, Calvin Ridley is a part of this team. They're going to be an issue. And the Ravens have to go back down to Jacksonville again, back to back season. So I think that's something to look out for, but uh, shifting gears to Rashad Bateman, like we mentioned at the top, <laughs> he had a nice little funny back and forth with a guy named Pierre on Twitter who tweeted out, and I'll read the caption as well. 
it is uh, Lamar, OBJ, and Zay are working out in Miami, and Rashad Bateman is at a Beyonce concert, shaking my head. And it's hilarious. He's quote tweeting a different account where there's this dude who I will say he has some similar traits. He has some similar features to Rashad Bateman looks to be in a kind of a silky velvet, sweet little summer outfit watching Beyonce. It's not Rashad. What are the boots on this guy? I'm looking at it now. He's got on like these fur boots that go up almost to his knees and then these plaid knee knee length shorts. And he is like skin. It's like skinny, but built and tall. And, and so like and then you have to also put in, though, remember, if you follow Rashad Bateman on Instagram, he does put up a lot of photos of himself kind of modeling like he's kind of a fashionista. And so I think that's why he would wear something like all this. together. I could see him wear, wearing something like this. I don't know about the boots, but you <laughs> yeah, know. not the boots. <laughs> yeah. What would Rashad, Rashad would wear? Maybe take off the boots, but he'd wear like um, flare pants, right? Like or the uh, bell bottom pants is what I'm seeing him oh, yeah. in, in his in his photos. But I love that Rashad had fun with this by quote retweeting it, so and he, he, he goes. Did. Yeah. Ahead, yeah. So he, he goes, LOL, it was lit too. So he went along with the joke, which I love that he did that. But Bateman always has his replies turned off, which probably isn't the worst thing to do. Bobby, you and I say all the time that sometimes we think that NFL players or athletes in general should just turn off Twitter, turn off social media. So maybe it's not the worst thing to do. But in this instance, I wish he had his replies on because this was awesome that he just like played with it and acted as if that was him. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And I know we talked about it in the pre-show, you know, you don't want to like overhype this or, you know, make any conclusions about where Rashad's at or whatever, but it was just nice to see him. You know, clearly this guy, Pierre was joking and, and Rashad took it in stride. And to me, just because he has been known to, you know, press send here and there quickly, maybe without thinking um, it's nice to see him just have a little bit of fun you know, play into it. And you could see by the interaction that the tweet itself garnered. I mean, it's got over 115,000 views at the time of this taping. So, you know, other people enjoyed it as well. So good on you, Rashad. And, you know, hopefully he's gearing up for training camp. And obviously we're wishing him nothing but the best health wise. Before we shift gears to the crazy Monday that it was because it was franchise tag deadline day, and there's going to be plenty to discuss regarding the running back market, which has been a topic of conversation in these last couple episodes, you somehow stumbled upon this hilarious <laughs> storytelling video of a former Ravens tight end by the name of Dan Brown. He spent a couple seasons with Baltimore in 2015 and 2016. He was, I believe, undrafted out of James Madison. And I will let you set it up because this is pretty hilarious. <laughs> don't even know where this came from uh it's a it's a video from tiktok um our guy yuri found it so i saw it from yuri and he just grabbed this i i can't even see he's clearly on a podcast dan brown and he gives this absolutely unreal story from practice one day 
So we'll just let Dan Brown take it from here because he's going to explain it best. His favorite Harbaugh story is probably training camp of my second year. He kicked me out of practice in a special teams drill. So I'm playing the five. You know, the fives are like the headhunters, right? Uh, Jerry Rosberg liked to put big fives, big guys who can run at the five. They usually got the wedge and stuff like that. At the time, you had a two-man wedge. So we are practicing. The wedge guys are holding a bag. And he was like, if you're playing the five, he was like, fit it up. Just show me you know what you're doing, and then you're good. Everybody else full speed. So I'm playing the five. I run down there. Just shoulder shrugged the bat. Harbaugh loses his mind. Blows the whistle. He's like, you know starts cursing me out. He was like, you're the softest player I've ever seen. You're never going to play in this league. You'll never play another down. He was like, you can't even hit a bag full speed. And I thought he was just kidding, right? He was like, get out of here. He was like, I don't want you in this drill anymore. I thought he was like, okay, let me get a reaction out of him. I literally line up and I get back to go again. He blows, blows the whistle to stop practice, gets in my face and was like, I told you to get the F off the field. You're too soft to play here and you're never going to play again. So leave. Go sit by the water cooler. I literally walked over there with my tail between my legs, sat down by the water cooler, and I was like, Coach, you know, Coach Rosberg told the fives, if you're going to do this, like, do it half. Before I could even finish, she said, no, F off, man. And I just immediately, I was like, I'm not going to win this. So I went and sat down. And then I went up to Coach Rosberg. I was like, listen, you need to talk to Coach Harbaugh about this. Like, you, I need you to have my back. And he did. So we explained it to him. I saw Harbaugh before a team meeting. After practice, he, he pulls me aside. He said, hey, listen, um, I'm not going to apologize to you because you don't deserve an apology, but I shouldn't have said the F word and then walked away. <laughs> Before I forget, that was from Not For Long Media. I want to make sure we're given the proper credit oh. here. That story, <laughs> first oh, of all, so makes me, that I, I, doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because I have seen Harbaugh get mad and and we've all seen coaches get mad. Uh, I guess it's nice that he apologized for saying the F word, but I would like to get Har- Harbaugh's side of this, especially if Rosberg went to him and said, hey, I told him not to go full speed. You know, maybe maybe he's not apologizing because maybe he saw other stuff where he thought that Dan Brown was soft. I have no I have no idea. So I want to hear Harbaugh's side of it. But like, yeah, I've definitely seen him fired up before Harbs. And uh, which is why everybody like like when a Marcus Peters gets after Harbaugh and then afterwards Harbaugh's like, oh, it's all good. You know, like yeah. it's in the heat of the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Harbaugh has been in the heat of the moment, too, and probably said some things. And, and it's just like. It is. It's a violent, violent sport and and emotions are running. And I'm sure that everybody has said things that they're like, whoops. But the thing that's crazy, though, is that it was afterwards that he went up to him and he's like, well, I'm not apologizing, but I shouldn't have said the F word. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, so good. I'm not surprised in the slightest either. I wasn't around the organization as long as you were, but I definitely saw my fair share of. Uh, you know, small little tirades and man, if you, it's well documented, you know, Harv's is a little bit of a hard O earlier on in his career. And if, if you haven't figured that out already, that story gives you a, a small little glimpse, right. Of, of what life was like in the locker room with, with the drill sergeant, you know, and, and that's Jack Harbaugh right there, right. That's a little bit of Jack old school Harbaugh in him right there. But uh, that was awesome from Dan Brown. Yeah. If we ever have a chance to, to sit down with Harbs, which, which obviously, you know, we're hoping to at some point uh, we, we definitely got to find a way to kind of 
<laughs> get that in there. <laughs> like not surprise him, obviously, but at least to yeah. say, hey, you know, we'd love to get your perspective on it. So good stuff there from from Dan Brown. All right. Well, shifting gears is this is probably, you know, the news of the day. It was more NFL news than than Ravens news. That's why we led with the other things here. But obviously the franchise tag tag deadline was Monday at 4 p.m. And uh, what was nice about it from a Ravens perspective is that obviously initially the Ravens had franchise tagged Lamar Jackson and that was oh my gosh the last two years of the Lamar Jackson negotiation saga was the worst so the fact that everybody all these other teams with their tagged players that they were the ones dealing with drama and that it wasn't the Ravens was such a weight lifted off uh only three players that had only three players that were tagged eventually got a long-term deal so it was Lamar uh Darren Payne and then Evan Ingram Okay, so then there were no. Yes, did I say your name wrong again? Only because Q dragged you today. (laughs) I can't put you out on an island like I did the other night. Okay, Okay. Jameis Winston, for those who have been following along, was (laughs) just slightly mispronounced by my partner the other day. Okay, and Kadri, as he always does, because he's so loyal, he's a loyal listener. Decided to listen every day. What's up, Q? He does. He does. And he made sure to let you know about it, which is pretty funny. Got got some run on Twitter. But I told myself there's just sometimes as I tweeted, there's just some days where and we all have our flaws, right? We all have our flaws. And, and you know, your bread and butter just doesn't happen to be name pronunciation. And that's quite all right. Anybody who remembers listening to the Sala episode where I screwed up the rookie Oregon tackles name like 1500 times. I'm human, too. You're human. So. Anyway, with that said, it is Duran Payne, and let's keep going. <laughs> I love how you try to soften it. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody. Everybody does. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't do it back-to-back episodes because I know Q be lurking. He'd be lurking. Yeah, hard. yeah. Well, it's almost better because I do get comments all day long. Like when you do, and what's funny is when we were scripted, I could like practice some beforehand. I didn't even know that I was going to say his name today. I'm just like looking it up, and so. Anyway, this is the unscripted version of of me, obviously, in trying to pronounce these names. Whatever. There were three other people that did not get a deal before the, before the end of the tag deadline. Um, Saquon Barley, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. I'm pretty sure I got those ones. So this obviously creates a stir, okay, in many different markets about the running backs. Um, not getting their deals okay so somehow this just continues to grow and i think what really set people off is this tweet from matt miller okay so matt miller tweets been saying it for years number one draft a running back number two play the running back if he's good number three franchise that's running back one time and then Repeat, go back to number one, draft a running back. So he's essentially saying basically what the market is, is like with the way that running backs are used these days, it's like never pay him. He's essentially saying never pay him that big deal. So, of course, this sets off a ton of running backs responding to him. 
I won't read everybody's, but probably uh, Derek Henry maybe came off the most, uh, put, gave the most pushback or was at least one of the earliest. And Derek Henry from the Titans says, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game then, what he's saying to Matt Miller. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Bobby, obviously from a running, if I were a running back, I too would be fighting for anything that I could get. And so Matt Miller started getting quote retweeted by a bunch of people, not just Derrick Henry, a bunch of running backs. And then, you know, people aren't happy with Matt Miller, but my response is, is Matt Miller didn't like make up these rules. Not even, not even GMs or head coaches really have. What it comes down to is this has become a passing league. To me, the biggest thing that I've heard hurt running backs are the are the rules of protecting quarterbacks and um, and just p- making defenses play in different ways with with all the rules of pass interference and and everything. It's just it's really hard to play defense, especially pass defense. And so when you see people like the Kansas City Chiefs winning a Super Bowl with I think their running back was either like a sixth or seventh rounder or something something crazy like that yeah and it's like you see what's happening right like running backs are no longer catalysts they also have shorter shelf lives there there's fewer I'm not going to say nobody does it but there's fewer workhorses we're seeing that that's why J.K. Dobbins was in part so angry is that, you know, he just doesn't get enough carries in a game. And so when you're able to use like two or three running backs in a game and you don't have these cash cows and it's becoming a passing league, then the supply and demand chain is different. It's that now there's plenty of players who can do what teams need from running backs now. So if you have an excess of supply of the type of running backs that you need, then the demand goes down and therefore the value goes down. So I, I'm not upset that Matt Miller's pointing that out. I'm not upset at Derrick Henry for, you know, fighting and being on the running back side and trying to make more money. But, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's rigged because they have a shorter shelf life. It's not fair that they have to go through these rookie contracts because to Matt Miller's point that by the end of their um, if you're a first rounder, fifth year, but you know, if you're being franchise tag at the end of your fifth year, cause you go through four and then you're franchise tagged one year, five years. So by the end of the five, if you've already now hit, like gotten past your, your prime years, then people are saying, okay, well then running back shouldn't be on a long rookie contract like that. Okay. But if you change that, then their draft value just goes down. If you think running backs are already being drafted later in later rounds, don't even really start till second or third round, an occasional guy will, will make it into the first. We saw that with B. John Robinson recently. And so it's like, but all you're going to do is hurt their draft stock. And so you can play and try to rig the system for them to, to be better, but more than anything, it's just because it's become a passing league and, and there's just too much supply of what you need now. So I don't hate Matt Miller. I don't hate Derrick Henry. It's just the way it's going. And and I don't know what running backs can do to change it other than maybe become a more viable option in the passing game from the backfield. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. And by the way, Matt Miller is a is an ESPN draft analyst, just in case you out there may not have realized that. You know, when I'm also realizing that somebody's been out in front of this for years is Mel Kuyper. The guy said for years, do not draft a running back in the first round. You know, like, and that's been from a strategy standpoint. So, so for Matt, I'm with you, Sarah. Like, Matt's just talking business here. He's not, it's not personal. It's not a you know, Derrick Henry and uh, Jonathan Taylor was another one who who quote tweeted him. And by the way, both Derrick and Jonathan's tweets were retweeted by JK, kind of alluded to that earlier on in the open. Jonathan tweeted, one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, three, you boost the organization. And then, doesn't matter, you're running back. So essentially trolling uh, Matt Miller a little bit there and, and trying to kind of <laughs> emulate the, 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 the framework of, of his tweet. Again, right. JK retweeted both of those. We know that JK is entering, you know, the final year of his rookie deal. Ian Rappaport described his mandatory mini cap as a hold in. So unfortunately, yeah, like we've mentioned, there's not a lot that the running back market, these guys can do other than sit back and, and watch this thing unfold and obviously play their tails off. But, you just don't know if there's a if there's reward on the other side. I mean, look at what B. John Robinson, the guy, the the the, the storylines on him coming out of school, coming out of college, is that he is going to be more than just a running back. 
maybe that's where this is headed. You know, yeah. running backs are going to have to be like to your point earlier. They're going to have to be involved in the screen game. They're going to have to be in the vertical pass game. You know, and and if that's the case, then they then maybe we're going to see a lot more Debo's, if you will, hybrid guys. You know, come out and and that can do it all. But uh, it's unfortunate. I can see. You know, obviously you can see their outrage. They're 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 really upset, and uh, you know, deservingly so. But again, Matt Miller point being here before we move on. This wasn't personal. This was just business. No, and just just one more one more quick thing on this before we move on. I know we got a, a few quick hits here. One other post about this that kind of get got a run is from L- Luke Sawhook, and he's a fan, uh, fantasy football content creator. Um, he put up side by side images of um, Saquon Barkley and Justin Tucker, and then what he did is he took the average of NFL running back salaries versus the average of salaries for NFL kickers. And if you take those averages, running backs make less. He has it here at 1.81 million versus kickers at 2.26 million. And then he puts the caption with this showing those side by side. He says, this is a problem. And so um, this also, I mean, it's got, as I'm looking at it right now, it's got 6,800 likes and it's been viewed almost a million times. I don't see this as a problem either. So number one, it's kind of cherry picking because you usually have three running backs on an NFL roster, 53 man roster. Most teams have just one kicker. So if you really wanted to do an apples to apples comparison, you should only be comparing starting running backs to, to the kickers because the start, the, the number two and number three guy at running back is bringing down that average. Obviously they're not making as much, nor should they. So that's number one. Number two, I still don't see a problem with it because again, it comes back to supply and demand. As I said, there's too much of a supply of running backs for what teams need these days. Whereas like there isn't enough of kickers. And then I just thought there was a lot of irony in this that he used Justin Tucker. I know he's not putting Justin Tucker's salary up, but these, but the irony is that, you know, he's trying to make the point that kickers aren't worth it, but like, Literally, there's not not enough supply of Justin Tucker's Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker's in the world, right? Like he's the most accurate kicker in NFL history. He's got a record 66 yarder, 19 game winning field goals. Like, yeah, he's worth the money that he's getting. And oh, by the way, there's still 13 running backs who are paid more than him. So again, I don't see it as a problem. I do understand the point that running backs are getting hurt more often. They probably see the ball more often, but again, it comes back to supply and demand and there just aren't enough kickers and there's too many running backs. So did you say that he has 19 career game winners? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. He's gearing up for year 12 in the NFL. He's good for one game winner, more than one game winner per season. season. Yeah. Like, and that's when like, that's pretty everything, valuable. <laughs> yeah. And that's when like, every, like, and he makes a lot more kicks than that. Right. Obviously he's, I mean, kickers are oftentimes score the most points. Um, so obviously he makes more kicks than that, but that is game winners. That's when the game is on the line, 19 of those. And that doesn't even mention all the other points he scored. Case closed. Let's move forward here because Madden, of course, the EA sports Video game comes out with its ratings, overall ratings, speed ratings, all these different numbers that go into it. And the players care about it. I got news for you. The players 
care about this stuff. And one that got some run in Baltimore is the fact that Zay Flowers, rookie wide receiver coming out of Boston College, he has a 77 overall Madden grade, but that's not the big deal. The big deal is that he was he's got a 93 speed, and that speed rating is higher than the likes of Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson. Elite company to be in. And it just makes me think he is garnering so much respect. It's almost like this there's this universal respect around the NFL league-wide about this guy. We know that he was number one on the Ravens board and he fell to he fell to them and he hasn't even played a game yet. And there's this like you talk about an obsession with Justin Herbert. I think there's a small little obsession that's developing for one Zay Flowers. <laughs> yeah, although I don't see Zay Flowers. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's not being ranked among the top 10 of, of wide receivers. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some excitement around him for sure. You said that players care a lot about the Madden rankings. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I used to play Madden when I was younger. I no longer have time. So, uh, yeah, it's a good thing that you play it and that you can bring that information uh, to the vault here this morning. Uh, moving on, there was just, uh, obviously, as we know, Ravens, I'm sure, are um, have their tabs on the pass rusher market. I still feel like uh, Justin Houston is a very likely candidate to return. But we all know former Raven pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. So he is 28 years old. He has, um, which, man, it seems like he's been in the league forever. So the fact that he's just 28 kind of like took me back for a second. So he's 28 and he's recorded at least eight sacks in every season that he's been in the NFL. And last year he put up 9.5. So I'm pretty sure that's exactly what Houston put up last year, which is 9.5. So he was asked by Jim Rome. He was on with Jim Rome why he's still unsigned. And Ngakwe says, I'm not sure. That's a question for not me. It's a question for whoever makes those decisions. The only thing I can control is staying in shape, being in the best shape I've ever been in my whole career, and being a force when I touch the field again. So it is crazy to me. I, it, it, Yannick has like been traded a lot. Nobody's really held on to him long term. I do know that he didn't write. He didn't really like hit it off in Baltimore. Uh, he had complained that he felt like he wasn't used in the right way when he was in Baltimore. Um, in fact, I got the quote here. He says that rotation was kind of ugly for me. Uh, pass rushers need rhythm. So he didn't like that. He was, you know, kind of put into a rotation. So I don't know what it is. Like that is plenty of, of production eight every year. Um, so I don't know if he like rubs people the wrong way. I don't know if he's like, uh, I don't, I don't want to project anything onto him. I shouldn't like speculate. So I'll, I, I don't know what it is, but he just never seems to like find a home, but it just tells you once again, that there are still plenty of options that I still think the Ravens will dip into uh, at some point, either before or during training camp. Yeah. Uh, let's just put it this way. He's been on five teams and he was drafted in, in 2016. So it'll be a sixth yeah. team this upcoming season, assuming, assuming that at some point, you know, he makes it out of free agency. So there's been a lot of smoke surrounding him. Again, you don't want to project anything, but there's been a lot yeah. of smoke. And for whatever reason, he's been a nomad throughout his career in the NFL. couple different Warren Sharp statistics to dive into here. Uh, well, one's Warren Sharp. Another one is, is courtesy of the game day NFL. 
But this is just a model of consistency, obviously, that the Ravens have been throughout their existence, but specifically over the last 10 years. Uh, Warren put together the losing seasons, the amount of losing seasons over the last decade. And at the top, Kansas City and Pittsburgh, none, zero, zilch, nada. Seattle has one. And Baltimore is in a tie with two, four, two, with two, whatever, with New England and Dallas. So again, Kansas City and Pittsburgh at the the tip top of that list. Just excellence. Seattle is just one. And and the Ravens, just two losing seasons over the last decade. On top of that, you have the highest all-time home win percentage during the regular season. They hold the NFL's highest statistic in that category at 68.4%. Packers are just south of them at 66 Vikings, 64.2. Cowboys, 63.9. Dolphins to round out the top five, 63.8. Point being, lots goes down in the bank. They're comfortable inside the bank. Yeah. I Listen, I think fans, for the most part, are very grateful to have a team that rarely puts up a dud of a season. Ravens are always in the conversation for the playoffs. You can see, And these losing seasons that they've had, by the way, it's always like right on the edge of it. That said... What the Ravens haven't done for quite some time, really since the Super Bowl run, is to is to win more in the postseason, and uh, it's been it's been almost a decade. So that's definitely where they need to get back up. But you got to be grateful for uh, the model of consistency, as you said, they have. So two final quick hits here. We don't need to dig too deep into it, but the rookies, Ravens rookies, report to team headquarters Tuesday. That is today for training camp. So hopefully, we're going to get more. These our shows will be more, you know, meat dig our teeth into stuff that's that's you know actually happening at practice. And then finally, Deshaun Jackson, he went on uh, Instagram, cleared some things up because everybody was speculating, including us, if one of his uh, posts was about him retiring. And he says, not so fast. He said, um, they're reaching with my last post. Uh, it wasn't a retirement post. I just had to get some stuff off my chest. Y'all will know when the boy retire. So Deshaun Jackson has been in the league for 15 years, caught on for a little while with the Ravens. Sounds like he still wants to give it a try in year 16. Look, Deshaun, nobody's reaching. Your caption was, did it my way 15 years strong, never another like it. Like, <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of speculation there, but I don't. He's he's funny. He he clearly uh, just says what's on his mind, as we learned many times throughout his short stint with the Ravens last year. So that's a good place to to stick a pin in it here for Tuesday's Morning Vault edition. As always, you can uh, support us through Patreon. And before I give you the information on that, we wanted to shout out two of our returning patrons who are supporting both of us uh, and here on the channel also on our audio only platforms as well so shout out to joe bonzel and jason barrett we appreciate you both guys thanks for believing in what we're building and if you're interested in doing the same you can check out what we're offering on patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash raven's vault podcast all right partner for my co-host sarah ellison who i'm finally going to meet in person next week be on the lookout for (laughs) some announcements in terms of live streaming and stuff to kick off training camp i'm bobby trossett signing off from this tuesday morning edition here inside the vault and you will next hear from us on wednesday morning